we're going to give you an update. I was on the phone uh, this evening with uh, Senator Shannon Grove, uh, state senator and Senate minority leader uh, for the state of California, asking her for any updates in relation to the governor's directive and things that we might expect. So um, just a real quick update. Uh, I, I put a website up for you. Um, do we have this thing working? Is this good to go? Let's see here. Uh, well, I, I can't see the screen, so. All right. Uh, I'm, uh, let's go back a little bit. There we go. Uh, so COVID-19 dot ca dot gov is a great website uh senator grove uh turned me into the or tuned me into this and um it gives you everything that has happened at the state level especially in relations to the governor's directive um what what are what's closed what's open um especially here in the state and so let me just real quick you you can go to this this website, covid19.ca.gov, a um, lot of information in there gives you a breakdown of exactly what the governor did. But in addition, uh, just I, I gave a synopsis here. Uh, what can I do? What's open? Uh, essential services will remain open, such as gas stations, pharmacies, food, grocery stores, farmers markets, food banks, convenience stores, takeout and delivery restaurants, banks, uh, laundromats, laundry services, and then also, in addition, essential state and local government functions will also remain open, including uh, law enforcement and offices that provide government programs and services. Now, this is the, this is the real thing to, to focus on, what's closed. It may have appeared to be a, a, a pretty big directive, but ultimately, I think the governor was striving to just close down places that we gather where the, the virus can be transmitted. Uh, dine-in restaurants, bars and nightclubs, entertainment venues, gyms and fitness centers, um, public events and gatherings, convention centers. And so th these are the ones that are closed. Um, and then there's essential services, uh, critical infrastructure services that will remain open for work. And you can go into the website and find that. The chemical sector keeps operating commercial facility sector, communication sector, critical manufacturing setter, uh, sectors, the dams, uh, defense industrial base sector, emergency services, uh, energy sector, financial services, food and agriculture, government facilities, healthcare, public uh, health sector. So th we're, we're still operating, uh, but the idea is just to keep people out of public venues where the, the virus itself can be transmitted. And... Um, I, I'm glad you're with us again tonight because a number of folks actually after the broadcast asked some questions and, and chimed in. Um, Robin, what, what, what's been, you've been in the hospital today. What's been going on? Fill yeah. everybody in. Yeah. Um, you know, just like everywhere, it's incredibly strange. Um, <laughs> you know, that, I think yeah, yeah. that's the, the best way to put it. And we actually are sitting further apart <laughs> <in> this <laughs> evening. So. Yes, we are. You see, we're respecting the six-foot distance. It's yes. A, yes, very, very, very good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's very strange. And the best way to describe it is it, the calm before the storm. So you can tell throughout the entire hospital, everyone is um, preparing for the worst and hoping for the best, right. and I, you know, and I think that sentiment is everywhere. But it's it's even more acute 
in the hospital setting. Everyone's wearing masks. There's kind of bare bones uh, staffing. Uh, and you don't see the regular people in the hospital, so you don't see visitors and the, you know, the volunteers right. and all of the other people that normally make up the um, milieu of the hospital aren't They, they aren't want there. to avoid having uh, families come and Absolutely. be exposed. Yeah. Absolutely. When you come up to the hospital, you'll see there's security before you even enter the hospital. Um, there's a, a large tent and mobile uh, screening facility that are, that's active both in uh, Los Robles as well as Simi Valley. So. Okay. And, and cases uh, in Ventura County? Um, do we have any COVID-19 cases? We, we do. We do. Um, I don't know what the numbers are right as of this the, moment. but I was yeah, told we a couple days ago we had nine. I think that's probably increased. But we're, exactly. tell me about what you know. Uh, I know that there are a few inpatients um, and that uh, we're expecting more. I, I think that's the best best way to put it. Um, is that there there are cases there are, they are here, and um, we just haven't seen the surge. Sure. I think. Yeah. Well, and and a number of folks have been inquiring, saying, you know, we're watching. This is this is the, the nation's taking a huge financial hit to uh, have everyone uh, remain in their homes. Mm. Um, the, the markets, everything is being hit heavily, mm. and you look at that and you think, you know, one of the and people ask me, why such an overreach um, when it when we've heard that, you know, um, the the flu is is worse of a virus, and then we've heard that it's this is three times as as uh, dangerous. Um, and and I've been going back and forth because you know you, you think the federal government wouldn't impose this, and and with folks out there that would have other ideas, I, it would seem to me that. There's obviously a desire to want to protect the citizenry. Uh, we certainly don't want to go to a place of martial law or anything along those lines. Uh, and, and we want to maintain civility in the midst of it all. But this is, a, this is something that is uh, very concerning to the federal state authorities for the simple fact of the incubation period yeah. of, of the virus. Why don't you share with everybody about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it does have a, um, a longer incubation period than a lot of the other viruses. So you could be walking around not knowing you have it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And uh, so there's a number of factors here. And I, I think, you know, what you're, what you're talking about is um, there's the virus, there's the biologic effects of the virus, and then there's the fear. Yeah. And um, markets are driven by fear. Right, right. Um, and I, I think the federal government is doing an amazing job of trying to balance a free market with re restricting liberties in order to protect that free market. Right, right. Uh, and that's a very, very challenging move. Um, Every day, yeah. It seems as though there, there's just such a, a, a struggle with that. Yeah. Um, now, in regards to the incubation period, what have you heard? I, I've heard 14 days up to 24 yeah, days. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I, I've heard um, as little as five, and as and and probably it, it's in reality, it's probably somewhere between five and 20 days, which is probably 14 days. Is probably right. probably reasonable. And you can walk around without symptoms, and then right. the greatest fear is that the young people who think they're invincible carrying the virus, um, touching doorknobs, elderly folks touching it who are susceptible to it right. would then be adversely affected by it. Is that right? So, so the way we measure that in, um, in epidemiology is that we actually talk about something called the R-naught value. I don't know if you've heard this thrown around. This no, is... I haven't, so okay. go ahead. <laughs> okay, uh, so, so this, is a, this is an interesting term, and you'll probably hear this thrown around a little bit um, because it's basically a way that we have to measure how contagious 
a disease is. Okay. So what that number means is if you're infected, how many other people will you infect while okay. you're contagious? So uh, right now, you know, here a good example would be um, uh, the 1918 uh, influenza. influenza. Uh, be careful, Spanish influenza. You the want the to Spanish careful. flu, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that, you know, I mean, very severe, um, devastating a disease. And it was somewhere around, if I remember, it was about 2.5 was the R value for that. Yeah. Um, of course, if, if it's more than one, then it's growing. Sure. Um, if it's zero, that means it's, it's staying the same. And if it's less than one, it's, it's actually decreasing. Got it. Um, and, you know, during its peak was about 2.5. Um, measles is like 15 to 18. Very high. Or it's very high. It's incredibly contagious. If you're just, you know, thinking about someone with measles, you'll end up with measles. Right, right. So, uh, <laughs> but but the, what we're dealing with right now, the coronavirus is, is kind of, uh, we think it's somewhere a little bit less than the Spanish flu. Okay. So like, I think the most recent numbers are about 2.2, but we won't know for sure until, you know, many months from now what that number actually is because you actually have to measure it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and this is an interesting, you know, this is something I've been doing a lot of thinking about is, um, I mean, you've really got to go back to basics in times like this. And, and it's interesting. We talk about cases. We talk about number of deaths. But we don't actually talk about number of cases in a community. We don't talk about prevalence. Like, like projected data, what we were talking about earlier, where right. we take a sampling and then right. find out. Yeah, Totally, totally. And I, I, that would be such a great idea to do, to take a sample to take uh, a char characteristic community and screen every single person in the community, and from that, be able to determine the prevalence, which would then, in my mind, actually help fears. The, it, on, the, only, the only case study we have was the cruise liner, uh, oh, where they were right, all contained, right. yeah. and that gave us uh, some insights. Yeah. But again, we, we come to a place where we're, we're affected by a virus. Yeah. How it arrived here, um, I've got my thoughts, and as do others. Yeah. Uh, the purpose for it, was it nefarious? Uh, we can go on and on and speculate about that. But you touched on something that's really critical, and that's the fact that uh, the fear, the, the fear that's gripped everybody. And, and I, uh, the, the, the nefarious nature of this virus, when we had 9-11 um, and the terrorists at attacked uh, New York and Washington, D.C., um, the churches were full that following Sunday. I remember I was a brand new pastor mm -hmm. in the community and, and the church was just packed to capacity. Yeah. Well, the nefarious aspect of this is that we can't gather in the churches. And so everyone's at home and, and they're, they're focused on the television set or, or the internet and they're getting information from a news media that really is, is some are trying to do their best and others are trying to inflate this for the, the sake of ratings. Right. Uh, or for an, an agenda purpose. And folks are left at home, just what do we do? So trying to get clear information to everybody, but the one aspect of this that all of us have to be mindful of, and, and uh, Robin, you can testify to this, that there, there needs to be a calm. There needs to be a peace uh, about us all. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. Uh, I mean, this moment in our history is so incredibly special. This is true. And I, and I really believe, I truly believe that because we actually have a common enemy, 
that that ability to identify this common enemy will not only unite us, but it'll actually help us to, to not only be stronger, but to be less fearful in general. I, I, I love uh, that. I, I was, uh, two things I, I want to touch on in relation to that. One is a friend of mine, David Glinky, had uh, texted me about uh, a desire to want to see Americans um, find solidarity like we did in 9-11, mm-hmm. where when you went, now you're, you're Canadian, so bear with me, but uh, hopefully soon American. Uh, so, so basically when, when 9-11 occurred, you, you went through the neighborhoods and every house had an American flag uh, in solidarity. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was so moved by it that uh, I put it out there and I, I, Charlie Kirk actually is tweeting it to uh, encourage Americans to put a, put a flag out. And I got this at Home Depot. A friend of mine picked it up for me. We're putting it out. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to see just the solidarity of us unifying in this purpose because as Americans, once we get through this, uh, just like we did after the attack on Pearl Harbor, yeah. industry will start to, to, to you know, the, the lights will go on, the machines will start running. Uh, Americans have an unbelievable ability to rebound mm. and, and we'll do that. But I think right now, the solidarity is to make the best of this uh, as, as we can as, as a community. Shannon Grove, uh, when I was talking to her, uh, I said, are you in Sacramento? She said, no, she was in her district. And going back and forth from Sacramento, she had to go get some groceries. She went in just get basic. She got a carton of eggs, a loaf of bread, some other things, just a little bit. And she just saw these, you know, these shopping carts full of stuff. And a, a, a woman came up to her and said, you must be a Christian. And she said, you've, you've caught me by surprise. Why would you assume I'm a Christian? She said, because of your cart. There's no fear. And she said, you know, there's plenty of food, dear. I, I work for the state. Uh, I'm an elected official. And I can tell you there's plenty of food. Uh, the folks that are being adversely affected, and she shared the story about one elderly man in the Bakersfield region that has to take a bus to the supermarket. When he got there, that one was not available to him because of the crowds and had to take a bus to it. And these are the folks that are affected or the elderly. Uh, the hoarding has to stop. I've been saying that every night. Uh, we just have to calm down. There's plenty of food. Um, I wouldn't be surprised is if, if, we don't, if we don't stop the hoarding uh, I imagine knowing the state, and this isn't anything that I have insight on, but uh, I, I do know that we've seen speculations of the National Guard being called up. It, I would imagine it would be for food distribution if we as a community just can't dial it in mm-hmm. and, and settle everyone down. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree completely. I, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, I spent some time in Africa, and and the way that Africans deal, Africans deal with poverty and Every starvation yep. and imminent death every single day. And what was most surprising to me was that they're the most joyful people mm-hmm. you've ever met. Yeah. And yet it's not a happiness that you would say, but it's a deep joy. Yes. And they're very thankful. And I've been thinking a lot about that in this context and that the lesson, you know, for me in this time is that Fear is a choice, but being strong and courageous is also a choice. And it's never removed from our ability to choose to be strong and courageous. I, 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 I don't believe it. And, and it's, it's a command of the Lord, be strong and courageous. Uh, yeah. we, we, we have him to stand upon. And um, I, I've, I've just, 
the idea of being at home, I, I was, I think I said it last night or the night before that um, generations before us saved America by storming the beaches of Normandy. And we're going to save America simply by sitting on a couch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and staying indoors. Yeah. I mean, really, that's all we're being called to do. <laughs> and we can do that. And, and the benefit of that is you get to read to your kids. Now, for those of you who think that, you know, public schools are troubled in this day and age, and, and you believe that uh, corporal punishment should be permitted and prayer should be permitted in schools, well, I got news for you. It's allowed now. <laughs> you, you're allowed to pray with your kids before class. Uh, you're, you're allowed to spank them if they don't do their work. I mean, this is all permissible. Uh, but the idea is start to spend time with your family. You've been given a really great window of opportunity to do this. And I'd encourage you as such to spend time. Read. Pick up a book. Revisit uh, paper. Uh, hold it in your hands. Start to to read some more and, and get involved. Um, you know, I think the tendency, especially in our home, is uh, you just, you gravitate towards what's easy, the, the, the television. And um, I, I was, I, I found myself this morning awakening and immediately, in a sense, reaching to my phone. But then I put it down and picked up the scriptures and started reading. Um, and, and especially just asking the Lord for wisdom. Uh, he brought me to one today. And it's, I'm going to share with everybody. Uh, Psalm 91, uh, this, is, this is a wonderful psalm of encouragement. And actually, the Lord speaks to us in regards to um, pestilence, to a virus. It's in Psalm 91, and it is a wonderful psalm. I want to I wanna read it to you. Let me, let me show you. We're going to go through the entirety of the psalm um, through the next couple of nights. But uh, tonight we're only going to take a few passages to take a look at in Psalm 91. So if you have a Bible, and I hope you do, uh, you, you should be opening it up right now and um, turn to Psalm 91. Psalms are for praise. Proverbs is for wisdom. It's really good to read the Psalms and the Proverbs every day. You get wisdom and praise all in one sitting. So uh, Psalm 91, and it reads... Um, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Now, we've covered this the last few nights that we've been trusting in a lot of things other than the Lord. And the one amazing thing about this COVID 19 hurricane that is eroded, as we have discussed in the previous messages, uh, that it's eroded the, the false foundations. And maybe we think we stand strong in the Lord. Maybe we find ourselves to be really devout believers. But the minute that uh, the sand of our finances eroded away, uh, our employment is in question, and that's been eroded away. Uh, concerns over food and fear of our health and all these things have washed away. The question remains to all who are listening, are you nervous? Are you scared? Has this, has this shook your faith? Has it caused you to, to, to run to the Lord and to declare that he is your refuge and your fortress, your God in whom you trust? And do you trust him? Do you trust him that he's gonna walk you through this? Do you trust him that he's gonna provide? I've been young, I've been old, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their children begging bread. Uh, we're to hide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's a it's a very profound picture of hiding under the shadow of the Almighty. The psalmist goes further to describe what that looks like. Take a look with me at the next verses. 
the psalmist says, surely he shall deliver you from the, from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day. Now the idea of this um, deliver you from the snare of the fowler those were someone who would catch birds and they would set a trap. And this idea that the enemy wants to trap us in, in this, this prison of fear. It's the only weapon the enemy has is fear. He doesn't deal in truth. He operates in the context of fear by trying to sow distrust and doubt. And, and it's good to question, but it's, it, you, you dwell on what is true, what is right, not on rumor and innuendo. Uh, the number of people that have texted me or called me asking me, well, I heard and there's a rumor going around and there's, and immediately I try to dispel the rumor by finding fact. And, and if I can't get an answer to their question, I would say, press into the Lord. He gives you wisdom. He'll show you what it is, but don't allow this rumor or this innuendo to, to cause you to move into a context of fear and to run out and buy all the toilet paper, uh, but in this psalmist statement, he says he'll sh he shall cover you in his feathers. Uh, you, you're, you were talking about your grandparents who survived the Depression, and they were scrappy. <laughs> Very much so. Did they, did they raise uh, chickens? Uh, no, they didn't. Um, <laughs> no, they didn't. Um, I could share a story, though. All right, bring on the story. Uh, okay, I got, okay, I'll share it. I'll and share then I'll it. get back to the okay, passage, okay. but don't go too long. I won't, okay. <laughs> so I went and I bought... Don't. Oh, careful. <laughs> you can't share that story. <laughs> don't do it. Okay, don't allow okay, it. Okay, 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 he okay. bought a bunny okay. rabbit. I, I bought a bunny. I bought a bunny because I thought, you know, hey, you know what? You're sharing it, aren't you? I'm, I, I, I pretty much have to now. All so right. I thought, hey, you know... I'm going to get some chickens. I'm going to get some bunnies. I'm going to like, you know, just have a protein source. Have a protein source. Yeah, well, it turns out that <laughs> turns the, out the kids fell in love with the, the bunny. The kids fell in love with the bunny. The bunny is the most popular person in my or animal in my whole house. I mean, the the, the bunny is everything. So, well, and the bunny well, is incredibly cute. So, no, that that whole plan is completely gone. And, and that was yeah. a plan that was developed out of fear maybe. It, it, it was a plan out of a strategy. I was trying okay. to be strategic, but it really it ended up it, actually, yeah. the, you know, God had a bigger plan, which was just to love this little guy. I'll tell so. you what, <laughs> there's a market right over there, village market. <laughs> yeah. You just go on over there and they'll, they'll have yeah. something for you. No, yeah, and go yeah. love the bunny. Yeah, yeah go love the bunny. <laughs> now you true. have another mouth to feed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, that was a, that was a, a <laughs> that, that didn't work. I was asking about chickens because I was hoping that maybe his uh, grandparents had talked about chickens because there's a story of a farmer and especially in the passage here where it says he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings he shall take refuge and the story goes that uh, the farmer's barn burned down and he went out to go assess the damage and the death to the livestock and he was just heartbroken and he came across his prized hen um, and, and the burned out carcass of his prized hen and in absolute frustration he just he kicked the burned carcass and when he kicked it out underneath the wings of the burned carcass of the hen, these little chicks began to run free. This idea that the, the mother hen had covered the chicks in the cause of this fire and had saved their lives. And that's, that's an animal instinctual picture. But here we have a God who holds the heavens in the span of his hand. He's one that has every hair on your head numbered. 
A sparrow doesn't fall from the sky without his full knowledge. And he's got you covered under his wings. He loves you. He's got you taken care of. You don't have to be afraid. Under his wings you shall take refuge. And it's a beautiful picture. And the refuge that you take in accordance with what the psalmist says, and this is where I want you to hear me, it's very critical. Critical for all of you at home. Because, especially parents, your kids are looking at you, and if there's fear, you, you are a thermostat in your home, not a thermometer. You don't read the temperature, you set it. If there's a temperature of fear, the kids are going to pick up on that, and you're going to affect the whole home. Be that thermostat of hope. Uh, keep your eyes on the Lord as the rest of the family have their eyes on you. Keep your eyes on Him. Uh, he is the author and finisher of your faith. He's using this to strengthen you. He's removing the dross to purify you. That you will be this, this shelter for your family. Because you're an instrument of God Most High. And the idea of taking shelter under His wings. The psalmist says, Truth shall be your shield and buckler. Uh, this idea of truth being your shield. Don't dwell on rumor and innuendo. Focus on truth. If you don't find it in the media, if you can't get an answer to one of the concerns you have, then read in the Word. God has a way of just speaking peace to your heart in the midst of it. Uh, folks that I, I can tell by the texting that they're, they're getting agitated. And I just tell them, Go sit down with the Lord and spend some time with Him. Calm and quiet your soul, Psalm 131. Just spend time in the presence of the Lord. Let Him minister to you. And the beauty of it is it says in the psalm that you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day. He has this un unbelievable ability to calm and quiet your soul. His word is true. And in the meantime, we'll have events like this in the evening where we'll sit down and We'll field questions. We're going to do this at the end. We'll field questions with you. And we'll allow the, uh, the, the facts that we do have to be understood. And in the meantime, you have God. You need nothing more. If God is for you, who and what can be against you? And the answer is nothing and no one. So stand fast in that. This is, this is a gift from the Lord to strengthen you in your faith. It's one of those things that a faith not tested isn't a faith worth having. Uh, you've had it quite a year. You've come to know the Lord in a more profound way Amen. through all the trials. Amen. And he brings you here and, and, and now, you know, you're, you're in the midst of having tried to start a business and now helping people all around the county and you've got your own concerns, but the Lord brings his peace, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely he does. Yeah. Amen. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's see if we have any questions. Um, we, we tried this last night and we'll, we'll work it out and see. We're doing texting from the sound booth. So um, here's a question. Is it true that COVID virus is twice as likely in men than in women? Oh. Uh, I don't think it's quite twice as likely. Um, the, the data that I've heard from um, Italy is that it's somewhere around 60%. Okay. And we don't understand why. And it's probably because in general we're less healthy. I think, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. We, yeah, more bacon. Uh, you just, you look at my wife's diet compared <laughs> to mine and she yeah. is certainly going to outlive me. I, yeah, I, somehow I'm not surprised by that. But yeah, we don't yeah. live as long. It's, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on the news of false positives being announced? Um, you mean, it, yeah. So 
I mean, what we're talking about there is, is how accurate you is know what, the here, test? Here, yeah, I think they go further to say, okay. what is the difference between a presumptive positive and a confirmed, confirmed positive? Mm. What is the process or timeline that occurs between a diagnosis being presumptive versus positive? Yeah, that, yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, so I, I think what they're talking about is uh, probably the difference between a suspected case and a confirmed case, and is indeed a confirmed case actually confirmed I got you uh, or is it potentially positive and I think that that was part of the initial delay right. actually was was trying to make sure that the the testing was as accurate as it could be um, and uh, to my knowledge the a lot of the newer um, rapid tests are actually what's called an ELISA right uh, so this is a very common uh, way that we um, quantify proteins or that we test for particular antibodies and um, the the testing is very accurate so, so that, that's not dissimilar to an HIV test we did have a member of the congregation whose child was um, not living in Ventura County yeah. an older child who was diagnosed as having COVID-19 mm. found out today mm. um, via text the the parent said that it was a it was a negative it was a false positive false positive Oh, yeah. praise the Lord. Yeah, praise yeah, the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. Okay. So, so there, there is that out there. Uh, and that was, you know, probably early on. But was, yeah. as, as the industry is gearing up and these tests are coming out, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll be far more accurate in our testing. Yeah. And, and the, uh, like the, the actual assays that we're, that we're using are, are getting, are quite fast. I, they're quite quick. I, I, I think what we lacked initially was the actual antibody protein um, to know that, that we could use it in an ELISA yeah. test. So, yeah. Well, folks, it's 733, um, and we've, we've answered some questions. It doesn't seem like many others are coming through. We'll be here tomorrow night. You can ask us some more. Um, and, and if you ask some questions that we don't get to tonight and you put them through, we'll prepare to answer them tomorrow night as well, especially if you have questions that you want me to find answers to in regards to uh, the state government, federal government. Uh, I'm happy to do research. Just, just like you, I'm staying at home. Uh, but I do have access to folks who have answers to those. So you have questions like that, uh, just send them in uh, to, to the church. Uh, you, can, um, you can email Micah at godspeak.com, and he'll put together, if you don't have the ability to ask questions online, you want to email a question to Micah at godspeak.com. Uh, he'll, he'll put that through for you. And, uh, and we'll answer the questions. Uh, if I get them tonight uh, and have time tomorrow to research them, I will. Uh, but I want to leave you with my last verse. And this is out of Numbers 6. It's, um, it's your blessing for you. And I want you to just rest in this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You need peace. Let the Lord give that to you. Rest in him. Trust in him. Tonight, read Psalm 91 to your family. Uh, just rest in him. Tomorrow is March 21st. Open up Proverbs 21. Go to Psalm 21. Just spend time in the word and, and, and rest in him. Spend time talking to him, praying. Your fears, concerns, put them out to the Lord. Anything that you have questions on, ask him. He may not give you the answers through his word or through anyone in your home, or maybe even uh, the news media. But interestingly enough, when I ask the Lord for wisdom and an answer to certain things, 
he'll have someone call me up that has access to that that is true. It's not rumor or innuendo or speculation. And it comes to me. So do that. And in the meantime, allow everyone to see that you stand upon the rock of Christ, that the foundation of your life is firm. Your shopping cart isn't overflowing. You're serving those in our community in great need. The only way to dispel the fear, which is the thing that is far worse than the pandemic itself, it's the panic-demic that is adversely affecting us all. The only way to dispel that is we start to infuse that in the community that we are men and women of faith. So let everyone see that. Let your light so shine uh, before men that it would glorify your Father in heaven. Do that. And uh, one last thing, I, I do know that... Um, uh, Rosie Weir, the director of Teen Challenge. Uh, the gals are up there. They're all sequestered. These are ladies that are, you know, coming out of drugs and all kinds of addictions. Uh, they're in need of toilet paper and hand sanitizer. They, they can't seem to be able to purchase it. Um, so if you have any you want to donate and you're thinking, well, I don't know if I can do without it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Then let us know. Uh, we can, you know, either pick it up or you can drop it off here and we'll get it to Teen Challenge. Um, so be mindful of that. Uh, the pastors in the community are going to be gathering. We're going to be putting together a citywide um, prayer gathering via live stream. And that we're going to get the whole community praying together. Let's unify. We may be in our homes, but we're all united in Christ. And the beauty of this gift of live stream has allowed us to continue to minister. And I'll tell you what, this live stream has reached far more people, interestingly enough, far more people than have ever been in attendance in this church on any Sunday, Wednesday, or any night of the week. We are reaching all over the place with this live stream. Share it, um, uh, let, let folks know about it, and we'll be here every night uh, to bring comfort to your home. So the Lord bless you. God bless you. Love you guys. Bye now.